Good morning, everybody. It's been lovely to see you. Um, I have to confess that I found it really hard to know what to share with you this morning. And that's not entirely uncommon. I mean, every time I've been given the honor of sharing a message with you, I found myself having the same conversation with the Holy Spirit. Spirit, if there's something that you want said, you're going to have to find a way to say it yourself. So please put the words in my mouth and try to make note of the deadline. This week, in particular, the spirit was kind of succinct. So this time, I really couldn't shake that feeling that I don't know what to share with you. And I think that that's because I've just felt so out of touch lately. Out of touch and disconnected, probably from this weird and prolonged season of quarantining and isolation that we've been having. But then I realized that maybe I'm not alone in this feeling out of touch, that some of you may know what it feels like to be out of touch right now too. Maybe if you're like me, you've been out of touch with some of your old work friends. Maybe you've even been out of touch with some of your oldest and closest friends for the sake of preserving everybody's health and well-being. Many have been able to have an in-person conversation with extended family. And maybe you've been eagerly awaiting being in the flesh with immediate family, awaiting the comfort and security of a warm hug. Some of us can count on one hand the number of hugs that we've shared this year. So yeah, I generally feel a little out of touch these days, even as I'm really grateful that if we had to experience a global pandemic, that it could be in an age of telecommunication. Reach out and touch someone, right? That was AT&T's famous slogan. Um, just last week, I got an advertisement from an internet company saying, right now, connection is everything. Get reliable internet connection with us because connection is everything. And I thank God that we've been able to meet as church by Zoom. I'm really grateful for your sweet, tiny pixelated faces. I'm thankful for the ways that we've been able to stay in touch, especially with those of us who aren't geographically in Los Angeles anymore. That has been a real gift and yet, I am cognizant of the fact that we've celebrated two Easter's apart now. And I think that that might be especially weird for Mennonites. Part of what appeals to me about being a Mennonite is how incarnational I think we are. Mennonites, maybe more than some other traditions, seem to have a finger on the pulse of what it means to embody discipleship of Christ. It's like with you all, I can almost uh, taste the grittiness of the paths that Jesus walked because of you, this community. And there's something appealing about the kind of grittiness to Jesus that I think we understand. That his teachings, like the Sermon on the Mount, weren't pie in the sky, but that his life and his love were made accessible and tangible to us here and even now, if only we reach out for it. So yes, 
this season is weird. And it wouldn't be honest of me if I said that I've felt connected during this time. Sometimes I've even felt out of touch with myself. Maybe sometimes you felt out of touch with the loving presence of God in this season. And if that is the case for you, it's okay. Today's scripture passage might be just right for people like you and me. In our gospel passage for today, we find the disciples of Jesus self-isolating. They were in the room where they had just broken bread. Bread, which Jesus had proclaimed as his own broken body, to confused eyes and devastated ears. Now, isolated and scared for their well-being and safety. But Jesus stepped into their isolation, through all, though all of the doors were locked. He stood in the middle of them, as concretely and yet numinously as the holy mountain of old. But that holy mount in the Old Testament, where the presence of God dwelled, one dared not touch it. In the older Hebrew scriptures, the mountain where God's holy presence dwelled could not be touched. It was prohibited. In the Septuagint, this kind of touch, where you touch something or someone in order to know it more deeply and fully, is an intimacy that is not to be taken for granted. That kind of touch was the sort of touch by which blind Isaac could tell apart his two sons to know exactly which one he was. It was the kind of touch by which one comes to know a spouse. Had all the disciples like John come to know and understand that the closeness that they had shared with Jesus on the night of his last Seder had all the intimacy and covenants of a marriage, a holy communion, a foot washing, the significance of which Peter couldn't understand at the time, the significance of which I think we still struggle to understand. But it was an act which Jesus said was necessary for the disciples to have any part of him. And when Jesus said that to Peter upon washing his feet, Peter, perhaps ever given to being emphatic, invited his not just his feet to be washed, but his whole body washed. This resurrected Jesus, the same and yet not the same, suddenly stood again in their midst like that holy mountain, but this time inviting his disciples, especially that skeptic scientist Thomas, who would not believe without seeing nor know without touching. He invited Thomas to touch his wounds in order to recognize who he was. Those piercings in his hands, the gash in his side, perhaps not unlike the wound in Adam's side in the creation of Eve, a gash in the side from which God first made friendship and love, human companionship and partnership, for they were a part of one another. Because it was low tove, it was no good for humans to be alone. Here, Jesus was with the disciples they were together mysteriously and yet very evidently. Jesus was with his friends. 
Pentecost came early to the disciples as Jesus breathed on them peace, shalom, and unity in his spirit, giving them the right to be partners in each other's lives by giving them the divine authority to forgive or to hold one another's sins along their way. Because even when we try to walk in paths of righteousness, the way is sometimes gritty, it's sometimes dusty, and even those of us who have had a bath are likely to get our feet dirty. And that's okay, it can't be avoided. We try to walk in the ways of Jesus, though we know we will not be completely without sin. The roads we have to travel are sometimes muddy, but when we sin, part of being partners in Christ and friends with each other means confessing rather than hiding our sins to those we trust to hold us in accountability and forgiveness and instruction to know that whatever guilt we might have may be for conviction rather than condemnation because the Holy Spirit convicts us to do and be better, but there is no condemnation for those who are truly in Christ. John's epistle reminds us that Jesus cleanses sins much as he watched his disciples' feet. Through regular sharing with each other in our daily walks, what might it look like for us as PMC to seek each other's input in our lives? Are there places where your most trusted brothers or sisters are given the authority to speak into your life? Maybe that idea doesn't feel comfortable right now, and it's a journey, but let's keep on trying to find ways to walk with each other, to challenge one another, and to help one another grow in this fellowship that we share in Christ. We all have wounds, but that's okay. We have the Christ who walked on wounded feet. We have the Christ who served with wounded hands. We are beloved by the Christ with a wound in his side that reminds us of the very birth of friendship. In Christ's love, let us be good friends and good partners to each other. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.